welcome to the Adversity Psychologist podcast, a podcast incorporating narratives about facing and navigating adversity, a mixture of people, their experiences and professional psychological discussion. I'm Dr. Tara Quintarillo. I'm a qualified and regulated psychologist with over 20 years experience of mental health, disability and human behaviour. I want to share people's stories of navigating adversity in the hope that through being heard, a dose of compassion and some understanding, we can help others in the face of adversity too. Hi, I'm Tara and welcome to the Adversity Psychologist podcast. Um, I'm really excited today. I've got Laura Adlington with me. I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about who she is and what's brought her on here today. Hi, Laura. Oh, hi, Tara. Thank you so much for having me. Um, So yeah, I'm Laura. I uh, was a contestant on the Great British Bake Off in 2020. Um, And since then, uh, I've kind of done a bit of a gear shift away from baking. And I'm now in the kind of body confidence and plus size fashion space. Um, And I do um, a lot online trying to empower women to feel good about themselves and trying to encourage them to live a full life just as they are. Um, also got a podcast called Go Love Yourself and I've got a book coming out in January called Diet Starts yeah. Monday which I'm very excited about um, and I'm very very happy to talk to you today. Oh I'm so and just I love that just being who you are that's why I was so excited when you agreed to come on. I do have an absolute burning question though what okay. got you into baking is that always been there or is that a newer thing because I've never heard the backstory behind that. Oh yeah so I think so a couple of, of things at the time I was like struggling with um, me and my partner were trying to have a baby and that wasn't really happening and I think I just needed another focus because I hated my right. job um, and it was also uh, my mum's 50th birthday and I got a quote for a cake and at the time I was living in a flat I didn't really have a lot of money and I was like 200 pounds for a cake like oh my god like it was just way out of my budget and I'm <laughs> Now I realise the time, effort, ingredients that go into it. I realise what a fair price that is. But at the time, I was like, no way. And I was like, I can do that myself. So I tried to make it and I'm not, you know, I'm not being modest. It looked like it had been dropped. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. And I just kind of got this weird thing in me. And I was like, I want to improve and I want to do better at this. And over the course of about a year, I pretty much just sort of taught myself on YouTube. And it became like, it turned right. from like a passion into an obsession. And I tried <laughs> to like master different techniques. And I'd always loved the Bake Off anyway. Um, and then it was on, yeah, about a year and a year and a half into it that my husband and sister-in-law were like, you should apply. And I was like, no. And then just to get them off my back, I did. And then every audition round, I was like, oh, well, that, you know, that that was fun. It won't go any further, but, you know, what a cool opportunity. And I kept getting through the different yeah. stages. And then they called me up and said, yeah, we want you in the tent. And I was like, yeah, off, like, no way. <laughs> like, you're joking. And uh, yeah, and that was it. It went from there. That's incredible. I love, I like the perseverance bit, you know, and then the <laughs> being really realistic became a bit of an obsession. Like, I want to perfect this. I want to be able to... Do yeah. you still do it now, then? Because these are all the things no. we never hear. What's life like after bake off? Do you still bake in any capacity? Or... Um, a little bit. I do, I do bake a little bit, but um, I think. And this is true for quite a lot of the contestants, although they won't probably say this publicly. <laughs> they are now. I think you do lose your love for it a bit when you turn something that's a hobby and you do it yeah. constantly. And also when you have to like bake for Instagram, yeah. like film every yeah. shot and get it all looking yeah. perfect. And um, yeah, I just yeah, I just lost my love for it a little bit. And I think also lost my confidence a bit with it because I got trolled quite badly during the final and people were saying oh you don't deserve to be there so many people saying like you're shit you're shit 
it kind of like you can't help but kind of internalize that a little bit so yeah yeah, my confidence was lost a bit isn't it a shame this this, well human beings in general the way that we can treat each other and the impact that they can have even when people and is that all right to ask them so as we kind of go into kind of deeper subjects I had to ask the questions about because that's always the stuff that's really interesting what happens next how do people get into things we can't help but want to know people's (laughs) histories and then what happens next it must be inbuilt into us now um but you know just that impact of were you met with people going don't worry about that how do you deal with that because they're words and words can hurt yeah they they can and I think I think to be honest with you like growing up in a bigger body and feeling very kind of othered I'd kind of had to develop a thick skin like like anyone else would tell you when 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 you're different you grow up different yeah so I think there was part of it that was kind of water off a duck's back it was just the sheer amount of it that I found very difficult um to to deal with but it was weird because I think as hard as it was for people saying like oh you shouldn't be in the final there was part of me that goes like well yeah I kind of agree with you and I think I was so worried that the trolling would be more about my appearance and my body and so actually there's part of me that was like kind of not relieved but it was just different for me to handle it um but I I definitely struggle for about a week I was like oh this is horrendous like I don't want to be online anymore like I just this is awful and then I just I I think just always had that attitude really of like if someone tells me I can't do something I want to do it so I just thought no can't like carry on and persevere and I'm I'm so glad I did because I really love what I do now and I get messages almost daily from women saying like oh you've really helped me my confidence and really? and that's yeah and, that, and yeah. that's why I do it and that makes it all yeah. worth it for me absolutely so that kind of 200 pound cake then if we look at the formulation <laughs> there and that I'm going to do that I'm going to and then making something you're not quite happy with there's something about mm. perseverance in you then and that you know what is that an inner something that just makes you push on forward and achieve what so, you yeah. want to I think I get it from like my my dad like my dad is has like an amazing like like work ethic and he's always he? like he's like my biggest like cheerleader and hype girl oh. and yeah. um yeah Love he's that. always kind Love of the that. one that's like encouraging me to like you know do things and achieve things and like even yeah. now he'll phone me up and he'll be like what work you got on and I'll tell him and he'll be like yeah it's amazing and I like, he's that. always like pushing me and trying you know he always just said to me like you know don't other people's opinions get in the way of what you want to do and so and so I try not to I love that I'm going to be stealing that later because it is hard sometimes when you're trying to do good things or you want to make an impact you're just doing something for yourself so anyone Mm. listening to this that's sitting there thinking I've got stuff that you know valued stuff that's important to me so obviously post bake-off are you comfortable talking what got you into then the kind of that shift then in direction into talking about body confidence body positivity I think because I grew up feeling very alone feeling like I was the only person that experienced the kind of like shame and stigma around being bigger yeah and then I was getting all of these messages from people saying oh I've grew up fat and I I really struggled to find clothes as well and people were sort of going oh my god like someone else is talking about this um and I realized that I wasn't alone and actually that I had the kind of opportunity to be a voice for for people that didn't didn't necessarily have have one or have a platform um and so yeah that kind of got me into it and it was very like a natural progression I didn't go into bake-off thinking I want to do what I'm doing now it just it just kind of happened it just felt right and um I think all you know people message me a lot saying I've really helped them but actually 
they've really helped me as well because it's given me confidence and made me feel more accepting of like who I am and I still really struggle some days but yeah I've learned so much in recent years as well about the body positivity movement about body neutrality and how you don't actually have to love how you look you can you just need to accept it because yes that's an interesting point yeah and that that for me is is where it's where it's at and I think just trying to encourage other people to do the same is is really you know it's really humbling like to be able to do yeah. that and I just feel really like really grateful that I get to do that so what's really interesting then I've done a few series of this podcast and I've only ever spoken once about body image with somebody um and one of the things that came up in that conversation really made me think even as a psychologist but also as a woman woman who's had kids and a woman who has also struggled with her weight is just this kind of or the media image is about love your body but actually for me mm. I always struggled with that and I really mm. like that different take that actually it may be about acceptance yeah and kind I, of, I just think that's really refreshing don't you definitely I think that we kind of get sold this lie about that we have to like love ourselves and yeah. love our roles yeah. and love our cellular yeah. and our stretch marks and I feel like and I hate to break it to no one listening but like you don't <laughs> you've been well, sold a lie it. absolutely um, the body positivity movement was actually born in the 1960s and it was around it was actually labeled the fat acceptance movement and it right. was black queer and jewish women who were fighting for equality and justice of people yeah. of fat people and then about kind of 20 30 years later brands kind of like decided to jump on it and then they kind of commodified it and commercialized it and then came this whole like body positivity notice the yeah. drop of the fat word and it yes. became about like yeah loving the skin you're in loving your roles and actually so yeah, I think we the body, hear that a lot yeah body positivity is, is really has been hijacked quite a lot by by brands and by people in smaller more privileged bodies which is a shame and I think that's why a lot of the people that kind of you know really resonated with it and and found kind of comfort in it don't now don't really like to be associated with it and so with body neutrality it's kind of like I have a body and so does everybody else and actually it's about focusing what your body can do for you my my legs are strong and they get me from a to b rather than oh my legs are lumpy and I hate the way they look it's just about saying it just doesn't really matter like your body's just a vessel and I think sometimes it's not about like disassociation or anything like that, but it's just focusing on health and your body and what it can do for you. Yeah, and I really like that because I'm just thinking that's so accessible and it seems more, let's be frank, it's realistic, isn't it? Well, you can't tell. I've done years and years of what we call cognitive behavioural therapy and I used to struggle with that as an approach because it was almost kind of saying to people, don't think that way, think this way. Don't have that negative thought. Have this lovely balanced alternative. And there are some thoughts that you can do that with. You can find a balanced alternative. But actually for a lot of people, they really struggled because there was no, it wasn't congruent. That's not how they felt. You know, the kind of love the skin you're in. How many times have we seen that in campaigns? Mm. And I actually, I'm really glad you brought in that really important point that when we think about kind of body positivity what I also see is a lot of people who are extremely underweight or who have disfigurement it's all been put in the same category which in some ways is good but I just wonder what that means if you're looking at somebody who feels well actually that isn't representing me yeah um, kind of watering down and making it all one category and I don't think people talk about that enough I quite no. like to get into subjects really nitty-gritty of it yeah and I you know kind of you know if you want to get into the nitty-gritty I think even body neutrality has its flaws when you yeah, talk to yeah. 
people that maybe have a disability or alopecia or or a disfigurement, they say, well, it's very hard to feel neutral about my body when society won't let me. Yes. I walk down the street and or I'm in a wheelchair and I'm going down the street and my disability is obvious and I get judged by it. So it's very hard to feel like my body's just a vessel. So it does have its flaws. I won't won't say that it doesn't. But for me personally, and I think for a lot of people, just taking the emphasis off of appearance is really powerful because we as women have been told and it's just been rammed down our throats that in order to be deemed successful or valuable, we have to like conform to beauty standards. And I'm just calling BS on that. I love that. We could even say the word because we're marked as explicit. Bullshit. We're calling <laughs> bullshit on that, Tara. Because sometimes it feels good to just say it. <laughs> I had someone once who their little takeaway at the end was a swear word, and that's one of the best takeaways we've had at the end of it. Because I think some we hold that. back so much. And, you know, as a psychologist, catharsis and expression, sometimes if that involves swearing but, yeah. or a rude word or whatever, <laughs> it's cathartic as well. Because I think is, yeah. for you talking about this and although you said you didn't go into Bake Off planning to do this you know this was just something it sounds quite organic it's just something you're able to do and what's lovely is you've created the platform to be able to do that and there is something very likable about you if that's all right to say you know people can identify you it feels like I'm talking to somebody you know a mate it's it's not something that I feel is unattainable you know that I, I don't have anything in common with this person I love that and I really think that's something that people hopefully if they listen to this and other things in, in your own podcast as well that people can go well actually there is something I can do today to help myself feel a bit better about myself but in a realistic way so what yeah. do you try and promote what does it like look like on a day-to-day level how can we and how do you how can we help people even listening to this to start to feel a bit better about themselves in that realistic way as you say I think for me it started with doing the research on things like body positivity right patriarchy like beauty standards and then I was like oh wow like this is this is mad just educating yourself then really educating yourself yeah reading up on it I think was for me personally was like a really really key step yeah and then I really think it's just baby steps like be kind like take each day as it comes like you don't need to again a a lot of people will say to you like you know I'll wear the bright colored mini dress go out and do this and you feel great and love your body and do everything that scares you and well realistically for a lot of us especially if you are someone like me who struggled for years and years of how you feel about yourself that's not going to be realistic so start small like I only literally this summer started wearing shorts and I'm someone that promotes body confidence and I've only just started wearing shorts. Okay. So I started off just wearing them in the house. And then the other day I wore them on a dog walk. And do you know what? Do you know what happened? Nothing. No one died. No one stared. No one said anything. It's just a fat girl wearing shorts in the summer and a t-shirt. And I think sometimes we yeah. build it up too much in our heads. So I think we definitely do. start small baby steps. Start with introducing colour. Um and just kind of, you know, be around good people, stand up for yourself, set really clear boundaries. Because I think that's the other thing as well is, you know, it's all very well doing the work on yourself. But if you have family or friends that feel the need to talk about your body or your weight, that can be really difficult. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. How do we navigate them, the other people around us? It's yeah. I mean, I, I find the best way is to just like tell them, be very direct. And if they don't listen, then just eat them. Um, I'm joking, obviously. <laughs> but I think <laughs> like boundaries are so that. 
boundaries are so important and I think my family and friends now will not dare to talk about my weight or somebody else's weight what I just say is like if this conversation you know kind of gets a bit diety or whatever I'm like guys this is so boring like can we talk about something else and then so if that's it's your assertiveness which is different from being aggressive because sometimes people get worried about can I say can I be assertive of course and yeah. you can yeah yeah you can because you can say it in a nice way and be like kind of jokey like yeah. and then I think it when it if it carries on that's when you need to get more you know kind of authoritative if that's the right word um, but you don't always kinda, need yeah, to be yeah. out the gate yeah that's why just power lies I, isn't it yeah and I just think like I know that what you know what's good and what's not I'll give you a good example of this it wasn't actually about me my brother is the opposite to me like in very many ways it's very like athletic and um even just politically our views are very very different right we went for a beach day recently with a family and my brother is normally very toned very slim and bless him he's got like a little bit of a belly on him where he's not really been rowing and I guess he's you know whatever and my dad went cool look at the gut on it and in front of my young nieces and I went "Uh, no that is absolutely unacceptable and he went whoa whoa I went no 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 do not and he went no I just meant for him I went I don't care like I took him aside and I was like not in front of the girls we're not body shaming people it's like 2023 and he you know I know I'm lucky not everyone is you know has family that would be as open but he went oh yeah you're right sorry 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 but like you can say things yeah difficult conversations the Brits particularly we're really rubbish at having difficult conversations we'll go home and say I wish I'd said that or why didn't I do this I think that's really important but I'm just thinking if you've mentioned the relationship you know trusted relationships you have a good relationship with your family but how useful that might be to be able to try that leaning in and having those conversations and whether there's people listening that might think well maybe they could start with more trusted or significant others and having yeah. testing out their assertiveness and putting boundaries in and seeing what they're met with. Yeah, um, I mean, I went full in there, but I think yeah. sometimes you can say things like, oh, I'm like really not, like if someone brings up your weight or what you're eating or even someone else, yeah. you can just say like, oh, yeah. do you know what? I'm really doing some work on myself. I'm really not, co- that's, I'm really uncomfortable with that. Is it yeah. okay if we park that? Or yeah. like, I'm not comfortable like with making comments on my body or what I'm eating. Yeah. Um, and then you just kind of go like, is it all right, actually, if we don't kind of, you know, talk about it? in that really British way? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is that, is that yeah. right? Do you mind? Kind of um, polite assertiveness. <laughs> yeah. And then if I think it's when it continues and if it's if it still continues, that's when you need to be a bit more not aggressive, just authoritative. And then I I also think if people are going to be dicks about you, like, cut, cut them out. Don't talk to them. So, like, leave. You don't need, you know, like... You don't need to put up with that shit. Life is too short. If someone's going to be horrible to you and make you feel like crap, just cut, cut them out. I did a lot of work on kind of media stories around boundaries all through the pandemic because it, it mm. was a time when people really started to reevaluate who was in their lives, you know, who contacted them, who didn't, who initiated. So actually mm. off the back of that, it just made me think about we don't often revise our boundaries with our significant others and we don't often revise our relationships. You know, who's in our lives, who's enhancing our 
lives what relationships enrich us but are there relationships that perhaps we hold on to that don't enrich us anymore and I wonder whether that might be useful to think about here you know in terms of actually if there is someone that you have continually put boundaries in but they still come in with the same attitude or they're not prepared to listen to make a shift that Mm. actually then have there been times where you've done that with people in your life where you've actually you know your boundaries have moved up and up and up to the point where you might say this isn't for me you know that this isn't okay this isn't working for me I haven't um I haven't done it like in a kind of hard and fast way I've just yeah. kind of phased people out not giving yeah. them my like, time yeah. and attention I think sometimes that's easier isn't it than saying I yeah. don't want to be friends anymore or I'm not going to see you anymore <laughs> you just I just don't really make the effort and I think okay like I'm sort of I'm done you, your values don't really align with with mine yeah. Yeah. um but yeah I think definitely um I, I one of the, the hardest things I did with with my my mum so my mum has a very complex relationship with food even now always okay. has and I grew yeah. up in a very kind of diet culture heavy household right and so very recently about two three years ago I said to her can you please not talk about your diets with right. me because I find it really okay. triggering and yeah. I'm like I really love you and like my mom is amazing and I, I said I support you in whatever you do but I just it's yeah. just it's very constant it's like it felt it felt like I'm probably exaggerated but it felt like one new diet every kind of few months yeah and it was the same yeah. thing every time she'd lose loads of weight in the first two weeks and then there would be a stall and then she would gradually put the weight back on and then she would binge and then okay. she would be back on another like diet. kind of a cycle or repeating kind of pattern yeah. so I've held, harbored quite a bit of resentment towards that and I think yeah setting that boundary for me was like one of the best things I ever did because we have such a better relationship for it now and I also realized that and I say this to a lot of people online is have like a thing called like don't blame the mums because I felt really resentful to my mum for a long time and then I realized oh my god she's just a product of dark culture just like I am and if anything more so because she didn't have people like me online calling it out for bullshit yeah. what it is it yeah. was just fed to her in magazines and on telly and she was it grew up in like the twiggy era where it was point. like yeah. you had to look like that and so yeah. I had more more empathy for her now like kind of knowing that and that That's really helped therapeutic actually isn't it because I'm just wondering by you putting those boundaries in in terms of what you needed I'm just wondering what that might have also done for mum maybe kind of just put you know helping people to realize kind of cycles yeah, or patterns of behavior she said to me so she she listens to, to our podcast um, yeah. and after about six months I think she came over one day she sat on my sofa in tears and she said your podcast is really helping me and she uh, said I just always thought I had to be on a diet I just thought yeah. that was part of my existence of being a woman and I was like no interesting yeah and she was like it's been really like a real eye-opener for me that I don't have to and I was like yeah Yeah. no you don't we had a big hug and it was yeah lovely to hear and wonderfully freeing yeah it was I think for her and for both of us yeah so how many women maybe you listen to this even now then might just be on this continual almost like rule bound this is what we do we should be and and kind of what's behind that why is it then that women why is it that your mum felt she had to continue being a diet where's that come from in society what is it that what is it that perpetuates it in 2023 still I look at my Instagram feed and it's constantly full of all these do this do that you know quick fix take this you know celebrities now are all you know taking 
insulin medication, aren't they, for quick fixes? Mm. Yeah. It kind of changes, and I'm just thinking, what can we do about wider society then? <laughs> where, where can we start to create a core shift in how women are seeing themselves and treating themselves? I think I think it does. I think representation is really important. I'm a big yeah. advocate of like curating your social media feed, so yeah. you don't see. Like, I don't follow anyone that I follow. I don't. Sorry, start that again. I don't follow anyone just because of what they look like. I follow people yeah. that I think, would I go for a pint with you down the pub, right? Are you a nice <laughs> like person? That. That's literally my kind of rule number one. I started following people that looked like me, people that were smaller, people that were bigger, diverse people, not just yeah. kind of celebrities and bikini models because that's not really like serving me. Yeah. Um, and I think as a society, I think things are improving, but I think it's just conversations still need to be kind of had around you know place placing less value on how we look and more yeah. value on who we are um and I think as I said the education piece I think really does need to, to to be there as well because I just worry about the younger generations I yeah. think we're a lot more yeah. accepting and it's a, a lot point. more inclusive and diverse you know society now but I still think there's there's such a way to go because I think yeah so often we're just sort of we've, we place a lot of our worth on 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 how we look and I just yeah. I just really hate that I just want people to just focus more on who they are as a person I think the focus should be more on health rather than what we look like yeah absolutely so I'm thinking you know, when, when people might think like what can I do right so psychologists we quite like to problem solve as well we like to theorize and then we're yeah. like right how are we going to create some change or my favorite phrase even like a core shift not just someone that's going to do something for a few weeks and then back to how they were before so there's something mm. about go educate yourself so if you listen to this go read up have a look at your Instagram feed you can do that literally straight away <laughs> straight yeah. after listening to this podcast to the end um is you know how can they go and clear up their instagram how does you know how many people sit and observe then who they follow how many of us actually myself included go who do i follow and when is the last time i really looked at why i follow people and and you know these are all little practical steps you can do now but mm. putting in boundaries practicing your assertive skills you know leaning into those difficult conversations we've had so many these are all really practical things people can do today <laughs> you know so it takes a while to kind of make a core shift in society but all these little things are what will start to make that shift aren't they but yeah, also absolutely. what i'll make sure is that i'll put in the show notes we you know that your go love yourself podcast will make sure we put all the links to that in in the show notes but also okay. the other thing that you've done in terms of kind of core shift is do you want to tell us about your fashion range and kind of the, what was your hope behind that what was the kind yes, of creative so brainchild? Because that's something else that we'll be able to direct people to as well. So I've got um, a range coming out on the 17th of July with, I don't know when this will come out. So, so not long. I'll make sure I do it to time. Okay. With that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I've got um, a range out with In The Style. Um, and yeah, it was a real dream come true doing that because I think growing up, um, again, not really having the representation was yeah. really hard, but yeah. also just not being able to buy clothes was really difficult. Like, and just wanted to look like my friends and instead sort of relegated to the accessory section or the shoes. Um, so now, um, to have my own clothing range out there is yeah. just a dream. And although it kind of sounds superficial sometimes, I think actually having clothes that you're comfortable in and feel good in is really empowering. It could do oh, wonders for your confidence. And that's Absolutely. what it's all about for me. Com yeah. Comfort and confidence. 
I reckon every single person listens to this podcast. Actually, I realise I've probably excluded a lot of men today talking about women. <laughs> oh, but sorry. I think just yeah, in terms of <laughs> like personal experience and drawing on that, but how many people, men, women, everybody included, will have had times where I think that is so true. Sometimes you can be so hooked with what you're wearing and it does impact how you feel, what you can buy, what you can fit in. I am quite tall. And although it's a very different thing, growing up, it always used to annoy me. And that's a much smaller thing in terms of the psychological impact for me. But it did impact me that I couldn't just go and buy stuff that my friends could have. I was always the one with the trousers too short, which Mm. is what cool when you're a teenager really wasn't cool but you know just those that being included is really really important but just on an everyday level you know not feeling comfortable in what you're wearing can have an impact so tell us a little bit more what is it what have you put into this why why is it different so for me it's about embracing like color and it's a uh, it's about Like I said, small, you know, small sets. So if something out of your comfort zone slightly is in wearing yes. things like in styles that you maybe wouldn't, but without yeah. kind of saying, oh, you have to wear a crop top and and short. Yeah. So it's about, I think it's really hard to find plus size clothes that are trendy as well, because yeah. a lot of them are frumpy or they're like tense or we've got butterflies on and cold, dreaded cold shoulder tops and they're dire. So this is really like fun and like I say, focus on comfort but it's also fun vibrant and about expressing your personality and just you know on trend and 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 just feeling fabulous basically yeah which is what it's all about isn't it and I kind of think as well you know that I love the example of kind of wearing shorts you know that's a really simple story isn't it I just wanted to wear something but the kind of graded exposure we call it in psychology approach where you just do something a little bit and then a little bit more and you just notice how you feel and actually then what happens to that big inner critic when you're just going okay that feared thing didn't happen that catastrophe that my brain's sending me because it just wants to protect us and and if we're being honest if people have had a history where they have been trolled abused whether they've had you know bullying at school whatever it is or even family members making comments whatever the kind of range your brain will store that that's what happens psychologically your brain will send you these messages that if you do this or wear this the possibility that might happen again and that's just what's happening it's just the threat mode isn't it showing up but I love the fact you know because you mentioned color quite a lot and I've noticed that on your Instagram feed that I think that's fantastic that there's just that little extra there there's that leaning in but it's not a you must do it's not oh, a yeah, love all never. of your body wear this because yeah, actually never. you've shown that that doesn't work I don't like personally I don't like being preached to like preachy content yeah. like just yeah. your daily reminders do this like fuck yeah. off like, I'm a, and I don't, I don't want to be like reminded <laughs> yeah. to do anything I think it's it's personal choice I, and I what yeah. I tend to try and say now is like oh I've done this and then maybe it will inspire somebody else but I try yeah. not to sort of say like do this like I, I think like it's Just the same play thing on words I've done yeah it's like I think especially I notice in the body confidence body positive space there's a lot of kind of people that will say to you like wear the damn bikini wear the, the bikini and so yeah I think, I've seen that this week somewhere I'm trying to think yeah I've seen that. yeah and I think I love the sentiment of it of like you know yeah. everybody's a beach body I do love that but I also think we get caught up on thinking that wearing a bikini is like the epitome of body confidence and so my yeah where I come from at it is if 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 showing up means wearing the one piece or the one piece with a sarong and a t- and a top, then wear that. 
it doesn't matter. Showing up is the most important part, not what you wear or what you look like. You don't have to wear a bikini to prove something. It's not yeah. about proving a point always to someone else or yourself. Just show up and be comfortable. And if that, for me personally, I've worn a bikini, yeah. loved it because I love feeling the sun, the sun on my body. But yeah. also like just for me personally, I just feel a bit more secure and a bit more comfortable in a one piece. And that's fine. That doesn't mean I'm not body confident or I'm not a feminist or I'm not, a, you know, body positive, like the best body positive person. It's just about showing up comfortably. What I really like is you seem to be quite values driven. So it's less about goals and more about mm. the values, you know, the who, what, when, have I got that right? You know, the who, yeah, what, I'm when, a very where. principled like person. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, yeah, I'm going off topic slightly, but I really hate injustice. It's like one of my, yeah. Like, yeah. but yeah, I'm very, like very principled and I, yeah, I just, I don't really like, I just don't like horrible people and I don't like people that are dicks <laughs> so I just want everyone to be nice <laughs> and like I think for me I love that this is really raw and I said this podcast is just really organic and raw people probably think it's really scripted but it's just people talking sharing their experiences trying to us to then kind of throw that out to the public to help them make a core shift with a little sprinkle of psychology on top that's basically what it is but yeah, what I, I really that. love about a value-driven approach rather than goal so I do a certain type of therapy that's based on on that model actually um is you know when we set goals for ourselves sometimes we don't meet them and then we get deflated and then sometimes mm -hmm. our brains are really good at then literally catastrophizing that into you never do anything or you never finish anything and I often wonder that you know when we look at kind of body confidence body positivity is that you know if I didn't go to the beach or I didn't wear the bikini and I stayed home kind of what that means whereas if you take mm. a values driven approach of actually what's the value about being there who do you want to connect with that family day on the beach for example yeah. what were your values there then actually that might help you make an yeah. informed choice about what you want to wear based on how you feel rather than what you should be and I just think that that's more realistic and I think that's what's yeah. going to create more change I agree and it's the same with dieting so yeah scientifically diets don't work and if actually if we focus on weight then the, all the research points to the fact that our body has um like a natural set point it will always try and get to you but psychologically as well when you go yeah. into restriction mode your body then wants to binge and that's the yo-yo yeah, cycle absolutely. and actually if we focus on health and health promoting behaviors and by that I mean eating more nutritious foods taking up exercise finding joy in movement finding like doing dance yeah. classes or just yeah. dancing around the kitchen walking the dog just finding things you enjoy rather than thinking oh I've got to be on a peloton for four hours and I've got to eat nothing but a radish every day if we focus on our health we are more likely to sustain it and it's more likely to have a better effect on us than if yeah. we constantly diet and I think that that is something that I'm really passionate about talking about because I think uh, we've all done it how many times have we all said diet starts Monday that's why I called my oh, book yeah. I love Monday. the title for that and I was going to ask where that came from because <laughs> I had my own kind of thoughts on it but <laughs> it's obviously an ironic title I think some I was like, it says right in the yeah. intro like by the way this is not a book about starting the diet on Monday just in case you didn't know um but yeah I think that the diet culture the diet industry has a lot to answer for and it it's does. it's really sickening what effect it's had on women so I really would you know just say to anyone thinking oh I need to diet or diet starts Monday please don't do that please focus on your health instead focus on eating what's good for your body and moving your body rather than the number on the scales because 
you can you can literally you can you could eat healthier and move your body and you only lose a pound and then you're like oh I've only lost a pound what's the point and you go back to eating maybe less nutritious food not moving your body as more so if you just focus on the health rather than the numbers on the scale or the numbers in your clothes which we all know by the way is women's sizing is bullshit oh my goodness don't even get me started then you'll be in a much better place I think I can go. I live in Horsham in West Sussex, and we don't have that many shops. It's a small market town, and I can go in two different shops and be four sizes different. And I just can't get my head around that. And yeah. I and I just think, well, how many other women are experiencing that? I don't know if it shows up for men in the same way. Whether the sizing works out, you know. But how can that be? And what what does that do to us? Because we do notice those things. Um, yeah, and it's it's a thing, it's so and that's hooky. why that's why a lot of brands um that's why a lot of brands do something called vanity sizing Ah. so there is no standard sizing in women's fashion right so in theory I could launch a clothing brand and I could make a size 12 or 28 and no one could stop me you can obviously have the they're supposed to have the measurement charts and everything yes but women's clothing sizes are not standard and this is because in like historically clothes were always tailored to you know I'm talking like in like 1900s and things like that clothes were made for the person it was only really when mass manufacturing started that clothes sizes became a thing um and then it's just evolved and changed over the years clothes sizes have got bigger people think Marilyn was a size 16 but actually she wasn't she was a size 8 to 10 um by today's standards really oh I didn't know yeah genuinely um but that's why, like, but today what brands will do is they will vanity size clothes. So they know, scientifically, it's been research proven that women are more likely to shop somewhere where they are a smaller size or where they think oh, they're a smaller me, size yeah. Yeah. than pick somewhere where the, the sizing is true to size or perhaps less less generous. Yeah. So if you pick up something and you're like, oh, brilliant, I've got this size 12, even though it's not, it's a size 14, they've just vanity sized it, but th- that's why they do it. But that's yeah. why women's sizing's sizing is so messed up and that's why I do try and say to people please don't worry so much about what's on the label like yeah it doesn't define you your worth why don't we know this why don't I know this <laughs> well maybe everyone else knows and I don't am I out of the, the loop um because I think oh that's fascinating so I'm just thinking when people pick up your book so the book's out remind me when when the book's out January the 4th the book's January out the 4th. yeah so you know does it cover some of these kind of just the societal expectations and yeah, so the first the first half of the book really it's divided into two halves. Right. And the first half of the book is about like unpacking the problem, basically as in why we as women are have kind of been conditioned to ourselves. So I talk all about like the media and the role yeah. that media has to play, about yeah. the diet industry, about beauty standards, uh, about BMI, about the whole yeah. what about health argument. Yeah. And then the second part of the book is really about it's called taking back the power. So it's about how to kind of set boundaries with people and tell them basically to fuck off if they mention yeah. your like weight or your appearance. Yeah. It's about embracing like new experiences and living life as you are accepting yourself, the road to self-acceptance. Yeah. And then the last chapter is the one that I'm like really proud of as well. It's about breaking the cycle, the intergenerational cycle of diet culture. So how do we raise body yeah. confident kids? And how do we stop this kind of hamster wheel that women in particular, men as well, but women in particular, this on this hamster wheel of dieting and body hate it's got to end yeah. and it's how that's kind of how do we do that so that's the two parts of it it's exhausting 
physically isn't yeah. it yeah and how much is that taken away from the valued things we want to be doing yeah in life you know exactly um where do we find more of you then <laughs> so people <laughs> listening today most people will know you already so the book's out we'll put the links to that where do you hang out i know you've mentioned instagram how can people find you i'm mostly at home i've become a right hermit i've become more of an introvert <laughs> but online you can find me on one instagram uh, at laura.artlington um and then the podcast sure is the podcast is go love yourself and you can find us by searching where you get your podcasts fantastic so i always ask everybody shows my age but i don't mind my little signature move if there was one we've had loads of adversity takeaways but if there was one last adversity takeaway you could leave us with what would it be i think i would just say don't waste your life's purpose worrying what you look like focus on living in the now no one's going to stand up at your funeral and say she wore size eight jeans and had a really great thigh gap so (laughs) focus on being a good person the relationships around you focus on living a full and happy life just as you are because you are capable of that absolutely i love that i'm sorry that i giggled at the photo but i'm like no one is are <laughs> they like they're no. not no one gives a shit what you look they like really, really. No. <laughs> i might get that ready for my tombstone now i might just steal that <laughs> tara never had a thigh gap <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, and no one, one cared. No one <laughs> cared. Ever. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. It's been an oh, absolute pleasure. Thank and you so much for having me. Anybody listening, please go buy Laura's book. But in the meantime, because obviously this will be out before January, just take your time to think about how you think about yourself, who you follow on social media and why. Go do all the valued stuff that you want to do. So thank you so much, Laura. It's been brilliant. Thank you. I've loved it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Psychologist podcast. It's so lovely to have you here. I'm Dr. Tara Quintrarillo and you can find me at drtara.co.uk. You'll see everything I'm up to, free resources, my media work and my new COVID recovery clinic as well. Remember to please rate and review my podcast. It really helps people to benefit from the narratives of overcoming adversity if they know where to find us. The Adversity Psychologist podcast, helping you one step at a time.